Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PFM Betting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Lewis, joined by my fellow co-host, David Bierman. David, how are you? Very good, very good. Coming off a very good week with betting. Uh, all of us on PFN Betting had a very, very good week. I believe 14-2 and two in best bets, uh, which showed up in the pocketbook as well as the pages. So as long as those are high, I'm happy. Yeah, we had a really good week as a team last week with our best bets going 14-2. and two. I wish that was reflected in uh, my bottom line for the week, but the Dallas Cowboys couldn't deliver when I live bet them pretty heavily. Didn't think there was a chance if anybody listened to last week's pod, they had a, them losing to the Arizona Cardinals. And sure enough, Jonathan Gannon um, comes, uh, just destroys my dreams once again, starting with the Super Bowl last year. And then again, costing me my live bets on the Cowboys and one of my survivor picks. Do we, uh, I know it's audio, but do we want to show the graphic of the quote from last Friday's podcast? What were the exact words you said in Friday's podcast? I said there's no chance of them losing. And sure enough, it only took us three weeks. It usually takes us a little little less time to be reminded in the NFL that there's no such thing as a sure thing and that any team could lose to anybody on any given Sunday. There were four double-digit favors last week, and we brought that up as a point to talk to Patrick Everson, who was our guest last Friday, on double-digit favorites, etc. Three of the four failed to cover. So just crazy. There is one on Sunday that we'll talk about on Friday that will be one of my best bets coming uh, in tomorrow's podcast. Well, actually, there's three. Two of them covered, but you had couple other teams that were at least seven point favorites and those teams lost outright and the Jaguars lost by 20 points but let's move on to uh the Thursday night football game divisional matchup early battle first place in the NFC North between the Lions and Packers before the season the Lions were the favorites win this division then the Packers are sort of an afterthought with uh Aaron Rodgers gone Jordan Love as a starter but that was a team as the offseason started to progress as we got close to the season that was kind of one of my late long shot picks to win the division. I got them at, I believe it was maybe even four to one. I don't know off the top of my head right now, but right now it looks like with how bad the Bears have been and the Vikings having the season from hell, complete opposite of last year when they won every one score game. Now they're losing every one score game. That regression has really bit them much harder than anyone could have even expected. So looks like a two team race for the NFC North this year between these two teams. Granted, we're going three weeks into the season, but. The Lions are actually favored in this one. They're uh, one and a half point favorites in Lambeau Field, which they haven't been favored in Lambeau since the 90s, which is pretty wild. But when you look at who the quarterbacks have been for each of these two teams, their success, that makes total sense. But yeah, so the Packers are one and a half point underdogs at home. This line hasn't moved at all since it opened on Sunday night. But the total went up a couple of points from 44 to 46 before uh we go into the best bets. Does anything stick out to you here with these uh, numbers? Yeah, I like what you mentioned about Green Bay. Like, I think outside of Indianapolis, Green Bay might be the biggest surprise of the season. Now, I wasn't totally down on them, uh, but when you looked at the division coming in, you have a, an upstart Detroit team that was the favorite. You had a Minnesota team that I think everybody agreed would take a step back because you can't go 11-0 and in one-score games, but I don't think anybody expected an 0-3 start to the season where they literally may be done. So you're right. This is a really good game I'm looking forward to, and I think we all knew Detroit is, is about where we thought they'd be. I mean, they're 2-1. and one. Uh, they, they could be 3-0. and oh. They blew the game against Seattle in overtime. Looked really good against Atlanta. Um, but then you look at Green Bay, and I'm not sure people had Green Bay at 2-1. and one. Granted, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but people expected more out of the Bears. And, the you know, the Bears were favored week one at home, and, and Green Bay just blew them out of the water. 
they should not have lost to the Falcons. They blew a big lead against Atlanta. Uh, and they went in there and rallied against the Saints last week. So I'm actually, Brian, liking the, the one and a half at home. You mentioned the note that Detroit hasn't been favored there since the 90s. Obviously, Green Bay's had the better team over the last couple of decades. Um, I, I like the points at home. I think, you know, a night game at Lambeau. I like to see – I like what they're doing. I like what, what the coaches are doing with Jordan Love, and they, they took him for a reason. And the offense has been firing. It took him two quarters against the Saints to get rolling. But what you saw in the fourth quarter was, was darn near impressive for a nice rally there. And I just – I think the two teams are, are pretty even and you're going to see this come down to the two of them at the end of the year where whoever gets to 10 wins first might win this division. Um, but I'm going to go with the points at home. Uh, you know, with, with the total, it's tough because Green Bay defense has played better than expected, but Detroit has a ridiculous offense. So I'm going to stay away from the total. But picking a side, I'm going to take the home dog here. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was how I generally would think about teams going to this matchup is I'll be looking typically to fade the Packers here because while they did have a 17-point comeback last week, that was pretty much as soon as Derek Carr got injured and the Saints couldn't move the ball with Jameis Winston, blowing that 17-point lead going to the fourth quarter. And they've kind of had a little bit of luck this year so far. They've been really extremely efficient in the red zone, which is always bound to regress. They only have one turnover so far through three games, only been sacked, I believe, just three times. But... I do agree with you here, and I do like them in this spot. Generally, on Thursday night football in a short week, especially a divisional match between two close, evenly matched teams, I'm always going to lean towards the home team here, especially when you're getting points. And I think the biggest thing for the Packers is they might have a lot of reinforcements this week from the, from injuries. I mean, the offense looked a lot less explosive with Aaron Jones at the lineup these last two weeks. Just A.J. Dillon just isn't as good as Aaron Jones point blank. I mean, Jones is really explosive both as a runner and a receiver, and we're not sure they're getting Christian Watson back this week, but it's looking there's looking like a decent chance, and he'd be a huge boost as receiving core that's really missed him as that deep throw downfield. And we've seen Jordan Love can really air it out, and he's been pretty impressive so far. And they also might get Jair Alexander back on defense this week too, which would be a big plus. But they're still probably missing David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the offensive line. For the Lions, it's just it's easy to fade Jared Goff when he's on the road. I know they had that win in prime time in Lambeau last year to ruin the Packers season but he's a much worse quarterback on the road compared to at home. I mean, last year of his 29 touchdown passes, 23 of them came at home, 23 of 29. And he had nine home games versus eight road games. That doesn't seem like an even split between of the touchdowns there. And despite throwing for almost four times, many touchdowns at home, he did have one more interception on the road too. So it's not cold yet. It's not end of season weather in Lambeau, but I still don't really trust Goff in this situation. And I agree with you there. And listen, I like the Lions as a team. I think the Lions, I, I, I figured they would win or at least compete for this division. Look at their games, call it what it is, give them credit, but they shouldn't have beaten Kansas City. It, it, nope. If Kadarius Tony could catch the ball, that's a different result. They got outplayed by the Seahawks, even though they rallied the force overtime. And yes, they looked dominating in week three, but it was against the Falcons who were not sure if the Falcons were really that 2-0 team. Uh, Green Bay beat that, lost to that same Falcons team. So obviously they have one comparable opponent, but Green Bay shouldn't have lost that game either. So you're right about the Packers have been missing a lot of people. You're missing your, your starting running back and your best receiver and arguably your number one quarterback left. And yet, you are a field goal away from being 3-0. So I like what they've been doing. Um, this is a buy-now situation with the Packers. May not be the same situation later in the season as the schedule gets harder, 
Uh, but home dog at home at Lambeau with a team that's not only playing well, but coming off a very emotional comeback. Like I, I know yep. you sometimes you fade teams off good wins, but I tail teams that have like a great fourth quarter rally, which could momentum you into in a short week, nonetheless. So. Yeah, I agree with the point that you made that you typically like the fade teams coming off comeback wins, but they're playing a team that just won by 14 points at home against a fairly good Falcons team so far. So it's not like they're playing the Broncos right. coming off a 50-point loss and it's the ultimate by low spot for the opposing team here, which really isn't the case. One thing to note, the spread's a one and a half. Conventional wisdom would be like, oh, just take the money line at that point because you get better odds. Only one and a half point difference. The Packers, this, last week, the Packers won by one point, and the Saints were one half point underdogs for most of the week. And then it flipped later that, and then it flipped with the Saints being favorites because the injuries on the Packers side, a lot of sharp money coming on New Orleans. So if you had that Saints plus one and a half ticket rather than money line, you won your bet last week. I didn't put actual money on it, but in the picks league we do, I did have Saints plus one and a half as one of my five. Yeah, that is a very valid point. We like to give out tips on the show more, more, more than just picks. We'll give out tips as well, and it's a valid point. And my rule of thumb stops at one. Once you get to the hook, I don't do that. So, like, I wouldn't take the money line if it was minus one and a half. It was minus one, possibly. And you look, by the way, you look at Green Bay, one by one, lost by one the last two weeks. So yeah. keep that in mind when when you're making your picks on this game. Yeah, it's crazy. And like you said. It's not just about giving out the picks. It's about giving out just advice. We're all about process here. Our picks aren't always going to hit, but we're always going to have the right process. But moving on to the rest of the prop, the rest of the markets available for this game, the player prop is a little tricky right now just because there aren't any listed for Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery. And as a result, with David Montgomery being questionable, we don't know how much usage Jameer Gibbs will get. So his props aren't up either. Neither for AJ Dillon with Aaron Jones, but are there any player props that stick out to you at the moment? Yeah, and and this isn't rocket science here, but I've been a big fan of of Aaron St. Brown, and his number is at seventy two and a half. And make sure you shop wisely. I've seen it at seventy three and a half. I've even seen it as high as seventy four. At Fanduel, it's over seventy two and a half. And you just look at St. Brown, and I'm going to be fully transparent and say he did not reach this number in either game versus Green Bay last year, but. He's reached 72 or more in all three games this year and in eight of the past 10 games. I was also looking at his receptions, but the receptions has moved to six and a half and he got six each of the last two weeks. So that's a little tricky. And I'm I'm more of a yards guy than a reception guy because reception is kind of a coin flip. Yards, the receiver can actually take a five-yard pass and make it 25, which is what St. Brown does a lot. One of the leaders in the league in Yak. I think 73 yards, again, He's hit 72 and then over 100 each of the last three games, including last week when he was banged up, still at over 100 yards. I think he goes for over 100 again. He's the main weapon for golf. Um, I am a little worried about golf on the road, but who is he going to throw to? He's probably going to throw to either your best bet that's coming up, your your prop bet, or my prop bet. So hopefully one of our guys will hit. Um, but I do like St. Brown to go over 72 yards, and I will be writing that up for you shortly. You know, what's funny is you look at St. Brown so far this season, he has 275 yards through three games, which is very good. And he's had 100 yards his last two weeks, but he hasn't had that eruption spot yet. I mean, he's one of those guys considered one of the best young upcoming receivers in the NFL. He probably has like maybe the greatest target share of any of those top receivers. Because Jefferson, as good as he is, he has a really capable wide receiver too. Opposite him, same with Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, obviously. But he hasn't had that really explosive game just yet. I know it's because I have him one of my fantasy teams. And the production's been very good. 
but he hasn't gone close to reaching his ceiling yet. And if my player prop hits, there's a good chance that your player prop bet hits. I'm going the under with Sam Laporta receiving yards. He's been a pretty much a revelation for the Lions so far. I mean, historically, rookie tight ends aren't that productive as receivers, especially this early in their careers, this early in their rookie seasons. But his receiving yards prop is at 44 and a half, 45 and a half, excuse me, at Fanatics. I was doing some line shopping here when I saw it was 44 and a half at FanDuel and then 43 and a half at DraftKings right now. The Porter's first two, last two games so far have come against the second and seventh worst teams in defending tight ends last season. He's going against a Packers team that gave up the second fewest yards to tight ends last season. And so far this season, he has 124 yards in three games. And he had a huge game last week. Everyone saw that 45-yard touchdown. He had 11 targets. But if you take away that 45-yard touchdown, when he was schemed to be completely wide open, he would have gone under this number on 10 targets. So clearly his A dot really isn't there on an average um, route basis. So I think this is a good spot to fade him here coming off a career game. People really think he's going to be in for a big night because like you said, besides Amon Ross St. Brown, who does Goff really have to throw to? So the number seems low, but when you do some digging to the numbers, it's a good buy low spot. It's, good, it's a good sell high spot, excuse me, on San Laporta. It is, and, and and people have been all over him this week, which is why I think the line's a little higher than than you would normally see. He's been talked about a lot. He's had some great games, and he's going to be an outstanding weapon for the Lions. But I do like the underplay there, especially if you agree with me on the over to St. Brown. So hopefully they'll throw more to him than Laporta, and then we both go home as winners. Yeah, it's always very nice when our player props are correlated, or any of our bets are correlated versus if, if one if yours has to if yours hits that means mine is likely to lose but that is not the case here. So to recap, we both like the Packers here plus one and a half. You like Amara St. Brown over seventy two and a half receiving yards. I like Sam Laporta under forty five and a half receiving yards. And by the time this episode drops, we'll have a lot of content on PFMbetting.com previewing tonight's game. We'll have our picks predictions from the entire PFM betting team. We'll have Kyle Sapia's same game parlay pick. We'll have player prop suggestions and more. Good luck to everyone. David, good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Let's win some more. Yeah, let's have another good week.